0: Uh, and again, I'll welcome everybody to the study this morning, the Carolina Bible Group Bible Study Voice Room. Uh, I hope everybody can hear me. Okay, we're broadcasting over the jetpack. I couldn't get my computer to hook to Stephanie's network today for whatever reason, and um, I like to fancy myself as a computer guru, but sometimes not so much. I, I still run into things that that I can't uh, solve or deal with, and it's really frustrating. I usually take that as a as a challenge, but. Uh, I'll have to worry about that another day, but uh, in any event, today is going to be study number 61 in our series uh, that we're calling Angels and Giants Factor Fiction, and uh, today is Ella's birthday, 10 22 And as I've already pointed out. Um, our study purpose for this entire series uh, is to investigate the angels and giants mentioned in Scripture, and by doing so... Uh, try to alleviate some of the confusion that some scripture verses seem to generate. And um, I know a lot of verses generate confusion for me, uh, but usually it's through prayer, contemplation, uh, meditation, and just constant study, and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. The Lord will reveal to you what He has for us in His Word, I promise you. If you... uh if you will do that and heed that, he will, he will lead you to what you need to hear. And, uh, I truly believe that he will bless us with that, that we pray for, we pray for, uh, in the understanding of his word. Uh, for today's, uh, last week, and I think I skipped that in my notes, but last week we started looking at Revelation chapter 12 and I believe we got down through, uh, verse seven. Uh, as I remember, we were, we were going through and, uh, checking the things that basically are a parenthetical insertion here right in the middle of the, the book of the Revelation. Uh, I believe that when you get, as I said last week, when you get to the end of chapter 11, you can basically leave out 12, 13, 14, and 15 because they're a parenthetical insertion and just pick up the story, uh, with, or the contiguous or a continual story or contiguous, uh, flow of what was being said in 11 in verse 6, in chapter 16. But what we're looking at here, when we stop and put this parentheses in here, we're going to have a ton more information about the revelation, uh, than we would have if we left it out because this has been put in God's Word for a reason. It's here. And God wants us to know it now, even on that you'll you'll see that there were things that God told John, remember, shut the book and write them not. There were things that God did not want revealed at that point to John to put in the revelation. so are there things of God that we still don't know? Yeah, <laughs> we could write a book, we could write a book of what we don't know about our God and Father and his magnitude, his will, his omniscience and his omnipotence. There's just volumes of what we could write. Trust me, that we don't know, and uh, that's what keeps us humble: is that He is God, and we are we are men. The, and as Dad points out, the clay does not say to the potter, uh, "Why hast thou made me so?" So, turn with me again for for continuing with our study today. Uh, let's continue on with our look at Revelation chapter 12 as it relates to, the, uh, to the, the main subject of angels in Scripture. And let's pick up today with chapter 8 and continue. But before we do that, I want to roll back at least one verse. Uh, back to Revelation chapter uh, 12 verse 7. Uh, and I want to remind you after we read it, we'll talk about, I know we talked about this last week. Let's just let me just go ahead and read quickly down through verse seven so that you've got the context fresh in your mind again. And Tony, you don't have to post it again. Let's let me read it and we'll we'll pick it up there. It says in there twelve one and there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. Uh and of course we talked about what all this is symbolic of last week. And she being with child, this is basically the nation of Israel in um in symbol here she being with child travailed in birth and pain to be delivered, and there appeared another wonder in heaven, so you've got the one wonder, and now you've got another Simeon, another sign there appeared another sign in heaven, and behold a great red dragon there he is, the old dragon, we'll find out who he is in later verses. a uh, great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads and his tail, we talked about this in detail, his tail drew or dragged the third part of the stars of heaven, and um, he cast them to the earth. And I'm putting the words back like they were closer to the original Greek as we go through. And he cast them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. From Genesis 3.15 forward, that old dragon has waited for the arrival from the seed of the woman. And we know who that was. The arrival that he was waiting for was none other than the Lord Christ Jesus Almighty. And we know that Satan wanted him. He wanted him dead. Or at least he thought he did. That's not going so well for Satan so far. Let's read verse 5. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And we know who that is. We talked about that. Amen. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne in resurrection. God looked down through time and space and said, that is my son. And he raised him up in power. And set him at his own right hand, far above all, where we will be someday. That's a real home. We got homes here, and believe me, we've done a lot of talking about homes over uh, the past couple of days since Friday night. And I've come to realize, yeah, the place is the place is important. The place has a place in your heart. And it's a temporary home here, but it ain't our home. Our home is not here at all. Verse 6, And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. So you see the way this story goes, it's jumping around and it's covering a lot of time in just a very few statements as we move through What's being explained here in Revelation chapter 12? And then down to verse 7, where we stopped last week. Now, there was war in heaven. Now we rolled back and read the account of the angel that came to Daniel back in Daniel chapter 10. And I believe those verses, uh, I believe, uh, well, I didn't write them down, but I believe it's 11 through 13 in Daniel 10. Yeah. Daniel 10:11:13, in reference to this war in heaven. I believe this war in heaven has been taking place ever since Satan dragged a third of those angels away when he was cast out of the original third heaven. And we've talked about this as well. You know by now my view on the heavens. There's three of them, the ark where the birds fly, inside the atmosphere of the earth. And this is again, this is Ronnie's view of it. You don't have to agree. I just use it for talking purposes. But when the scripture says heaven, I believe we need to understand which one we're talking about because a lot of times the Greek uses the same word to describe the various ones. And it's only by the other structure and the context around it that we're able to understand which heaven's being talked about. There's the first heaven, which is our atmosphere basically of this planet, the earth. Beyond that is the second heaven or the outer space where the moon, the moon, the sun, the stars, all the galaxies, the infinite space that is out there where all that exists, all the way to the edge of what I believe to be the other part of the deep that was pushed back in Genesis 1-1 and the firmament, the expanse was created. That all this exists inside basically what is a bubble of immense size that we can't even get our brains around. But God knows how big it is. Remember, just because it's hard for us to understand doesn't mean God has a problem with it. We love to limit God to what we can understand a lot of times. And you cannot do that. I can say that with all the authority that I can muster. Never think that because you don't get it, God don't. Because that's a bad assumption. I'll tell you that right off the bat. The things that we understand are so trivial and so minute and so pointless in a lot of cases that it's, it's not even worth talking about a, a comparison between the two. We're talking about the one who set all this up. Second heaven goes to the inside of the bubble of the ice. I believe it's ice. And I base that on Job 38. From whose womb, God said, came the ice. The face of the deep. The waters, he said, are hid as with a stone in Job 38. And the face of the deep is frozen, he
1: says. And that's how he controls his place. That's right. That's how God keeps his place separate. Clear. From Clear. where the sin is. Clean.
0: Exactly. And on the other side of the ice, however far out it may be, is where God is. That, I believe, is the literal throne room of God. That's what John has been showing us. That's what John is seeing in the Revelation when he was carried in the Spirit on the Lord's day. The apocalypsis. The great unveiling of the Lord Jesus Christ when He returns to the earth. Those are the heavens. So let's read verse 7 again in light of that. So here's literally a parenthesis in a parenthesis. We were, Remember we were talking about the woman and the, the woman fleeing into the desert and that they would be uh, placed there prepared of God that uh, she should be fed there 1,203 score days, 1,260 days. And it says in verse 7, just as, I mean, John is basically looking around, oh, there's that, let me describe it. Here's that, let me describe this. It doesn't mean that they all contiguously go one right behind the other. I want you to kind of get in that mode as you read Revelation. It's not like the book of Acts. There's a lot of, oh, hold on, let me go back and tell you about this. Or, wait, I see this. Let me tell you about this. That's kind of how it is in Revelation, whereas Acts... Luke's account of what happened in the book of Acts is very continuous, very chronological. And one thing happens right after the other. The things that happen in chapter 8 happen after the things in chapter 7 and so on. Not so with the Revelation. Totally different. And I think if you'll approach it from that standpoint as you study it, and I hope you are studying it, then I think it'll it'll help you in your understanding. Verse 7. And I'm... I know I said, I took a half of my study to get back to the point where we are, but that's just how Revelation is. That's how these things end up. It says in verse 7, and there was war in heaven. And remember we rolled back to Daniel 10 and looked at that. The angel that came to Daniel said, I fought him 21 days to get through with my message. Daniel? And I've come to tell you this. I'm not going to read it for time's sake, but go back and read Daniel chapter, uh, read Chapter 10, 1 through 13 at least. Read the whole chapter, but I love to get all that context in there because it's important. How we understand things has to be put in the context of where, when, how, and who is talking about it. And if we don't do that, we miss some of what God has for us. There was war in heaven. Now, is this a conventional war? What form do these angels have to take to war against each other? Have you ever wondered that? Do they have to take physical form in order to hurt each other? Remember, these angels are spirit creatures. They don't have physical bodies like we have within our dimension that are tangible. You know, our bodies can be cut up, blown apart, burned up, whatever. Their bodies don't exist. They have a spiritual body which is a different thing completely. They exist in a spirit realm. So when it talks about a war, and incidentally, this is the same war we're talking about in Ephesians 6. For we wrestle not against principalities and powers. Remember that. So what form do they have to take on when they do battle? Have you ever wondered that? How do angels fight against angels? And clearly it happens because that angel that came to Daniel told him a good bit about it. Hey, I was in a war. I was in the battle with this prince of Persia for 21 days. And I called Michael, the archangel, in. And it's because of him that I'm able to be here. That blows my mind. Literally blows my mind. It makes me wonder about this realm and what's going on there. Because I believe the more that we can understand about these things, the clearer it becomes where we are in God's creation and what our purpose is and how that battle goes on even today for our minds and our hearts.
1: Well, you you know, we, we read before there where it said, There was peace. I mean, there was silence in the earth for a half hour. Yeah. I believe the battle got called off at that time for that period of time. Maybe. Because these beings, with the power that they have on both sides, I don't think we know what an electrical storm really is. (laughs) Yeah, probably not.
0: (laughs) That's a good point, and, and that's uh, that's why I say, right. what does a battle between angels look like?
1: Well, and, 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 you know, from our
0: perspective,
1: generally, right? in, in what we know, is 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 when the when the eyes move away from each other, then there, the thunder ceases. There's there's no thunder. Yeah. But think how powerful thunder is. In God's word, it says in scripture that God's word. It sounded like thunder.
0: Yeah.
1: And here, for a space of a half hour, there was no sound, like it, like the sound. All be, went silent. You know, yeah. It's oh amazing. my goodness. Yeah. We don't know anything. Yeah.
0: Yet. And uh, you're, as you say, I'm constantly reminded about all these things that I absolutely don't know. That's yeah. a fact. So there's war in heaven. Verse seven, Revelation 12. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. So the dragon is there. The old Satan is there in this second heaven. Ark where the moon, and the stars, and the galaxies exist. He was there. This war is fought and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought and his angels. So there's that epic battle. And I've said all that to bring us kind of back to the point where we was last week. So let's move forward today. Verse 8. So verse 8 goes with verse 7 where it says, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. So the dragon and his angels fought and they weren't winning. They weren't prevailing. And it says, Neither was there a place found anymore in heaven. And I believe that it within this verse falls where we are today. Because my belief is, and you can agree or disagree, study it out for yourself. My belief is that this war in heaven still goes on to this very day. The struggle is there. It's still there. Ever since the days of Daniel till the days of today, which is the blink of an eye in God's timeline. Hundreds of years matter not to our God. So they prevail not. I believe this is a future prevailing not, and you can agree or disagree. They prevail not, neither was their their place. You see that? It's not T-H-E-R-E. It's T-H-E-I-R. Neither was their place, and that's the Greek form "atos" or "altos," And it literally means, um, let me read the, it's a reflexive pronoun, meaning uh, self or of the third person, uh, her, it, um, basically uh, used alone or in the comparative sense of the third person. And it literally means backward or, or upon themselves. Atas, me, mine, their, T-H-E-I-R, not T-H-E-R-E. That is very important right there. Neither was their place. So the scripture literally says that this second heaven is their place. You see that? I don't want you to miss that. Because it, it sort of goes along with what we've been talking about with where Satan and the imps have been limited to they are not in the third heavens let me trust me when i tell you <laughs> that's a bad, bad thing don't trust me go back and look it up why would god in his infinite power he he can't tolerate anything in the heavens that's not 100% within his will and he won't he won't necessarily destroy it immediately he will work it out as it works out according to his own perfection And that's where we are. Our entire existence is where God is in working out His plan to His perfection. You might say when you read Revelation, well, if Satan's cast into the Abusos and he's held for a thousand years, Scripture goes on and says that he must be loosed a little season. Must be loosed. Well, God, you've got him in a prison. Why would you let him out? It's the same question I ask about a lot of the the things that go on within our own government today. They got these crazy people in prison. Why would they let them out? We just we know they're just going to go hurt more people. But let me tell you, when it comes to letting Satan out again, God has a reason for His balance. It's God's balance that He has to. That he demands, God demands full balancing. I don't know of a better word for it—reconciliation of things within His created order. And I believe, I literally believe, there's a balance to it. The gives, the takes, the pluses, the minuses, the yeses, the noes. There's a balance to it all. And sometimes we, as people, struggle to see where that balance is
1: well
0: our, our math problems always had an equal issue yeah where
1: what's we, the we got one side what's
0: the result yeah and we, and we, want we want a result to
1: equal the other side and
0: I believe God's result is his will it has to be to the pleasing and the will the perfect will of the one who alone can have perfect will Amen.
1: Amen. and it
0: doesn't matter whether it means anything or makes sense to us at all as long as it makes sense to him. Because, trust me, I sit there and say, God, why would you let him out? You've got him in prison. Leave him there. Destroy him. But somehow, that doesn't match up well, to God's measure of perfection of what He requires.
1: You see, when when God gives His Son the, the power to put all things under His feet, then... Uh, Satan is, is helped back and, and these people that never had seen Christ before has, has the opportunity to see and know him and so then Satan doesn't have that the other half of that equation is still in limbo until God lets him out so he can have his side of the story told it's kind of like a a, a, it like a, trial, court, yeah. a trial and 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 then the people have to make up their mind uh, whether they're going to go with Christ yes. or who are they going to go with Satan just and, like we've done and God will exactly God
0: will justify what the argument is for putting him away yeah and it will be it will meet
1: all god's requirements well there's no there's no uh uh, way of, of asking for a new trial because all that, when all that takes place is <laughs> the
0: final thing. Amen. It's the final judgment. So it says in 8. Let's move on. They prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. Well, if their place isn't in heaven, where are they going to go? Well, guess what? That's when it really gets interesting. Let's go to verse 9. Let me make sure I didn't... Know. Oh, turn with me. Before we leave 8, turn with me back. You may say, well, Ronnie, this sounds vaguely familiar. It should. Turn to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24. The disciples asked about some of these things as the Lord taught and they became more and more um, curious about the, the times and things to come. And... They began to ask the Lord some questions, and the three questions can be found in Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. They said, It says, and as he sat, Matthew 24, 3, as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? Question number one. And what shall be the sign of thy coming? Question number two. And of the end of the, I believe that's Telos, if I'm not mistaken in uh, the end of the cosmos, the end of the world. Question number three. Now, I'll leave you to Matthew chapter 24 to see what the Lord's answer was. Uh But I do want to go ahead and read. Let's read verses 15 through 31 because it kind of picks up with where we are. When it says, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. So, you know, I'm kind of relating to that because I had a place up until Friday night. So, neither was my place anymore found at 311 country junction road I'm I'm going to be somewhere else now and boy do I get that this morning they don't have a home to go back to anymore their place is going to be changed from where it was to what it's going to be here in the next couple of verses so read with me Matthew chapter 24 verse 15 so the Lord begins to answer some of these questions for the disciples And you can roll back and read some of the other verses, but for time's sake, I'm going to start at verse 15 this morning. Christ tells them, when you therefore see the abomination of desolation, here's what to look for, y'all. And he rolls them back to the prophecy of Daniel. They should have known these things. How long had the prophecy of Daniel been around at this point? Hundreds of years. The writings of Daniel. Hundreds of years. So he says, when you therefore see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. When that abomination stands in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then, when you see that then, that's the kicker, that's the beginning, that's the catalyst. Then, let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I just want you to make the, the connection here and know that you got to connect Matthew 24 to Daniel 12 to Revelation 12 and other parts of Revelation. You can't really understand Revelation without Daniel or Daniel a lot of times without the Revelation. You got to look in both places. Let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Verse 17, let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them. There's a woe. Where have we seen the woes before?
1: We're in well, We're
0: right know. in the middle of woe number three in Revelation. Or we were until we got the parentheses yeah. inserted in here. It says, Woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days, but pray. No need to pray if it can't be answered, right? Pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day, when the law was enforced. For then, and here's a quote, For then shall be great tribulation. Uh, Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. You think it's bad here on this earth now. And it is. I'm not denying that. But friends, there's coming a time. There's coming a time. And we're reading about it right here. Read with me. Listen very carefully. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. You think you have seen it all? You haven't. You're going to see tribulation that hasn't existed since the beginning of the world. You're going to see things opened that have been closed that will reveal things that are so terrifying you can't even think about it. The wrath of God. Literally. Nor ever shall be. Let's read that again so we don't miss it. For then shall be great tribulations such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time no nor ever shall be very definitive stuff there and except those days should be shortened there should be no flesh saved but for the elect's sake those days shall be shortened and we we can read about that in other other places in scripture where the days are going to be like half days they're going to the days are going to be shortened to save people for the elect's sake, it says. Verse 23. Then, if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders. You might want to look at 2 Thessalonians 2 to check that out. Insomuch that if it were possible, they should deceive the very elect. Whatever's going to come out of this one. Is going to be so convincing and such a power show that it'll deceive a lot of even the very elect, it says. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers. Believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the west or the east, I'm sorry. And shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the son of man be. Here's what to look for, Christ said. For whosoever, or I'm sorry, number, uh, verse 28. For wheresoever the carcass is, there where the eagles be gathered together. Where you see the dead bodies, it's where you find the vultures, the buzzards, as we call them here in Carolina. Verse 29, immediately after the tribulation. Here's one good indicator of a a little point of chronology that you can throw down. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, verse 29, shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. You look at Isaiah 13.10 and Isaiah thirty four four for some references on that. And I'm sorry that I don't have time to reel back into all these. There's a lot here, y'all. A lot here. And I know that a lot of it doesn't really relate to angels, but it does. If you think about it, this war in heaven and the results of the war in heaven and how it affects the earth, that's exactly what we're talking about here. The earth-ranging ramifications of all this are amazing. And it affects the entire planet, I believe. Verse 30. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Remember what it said in Revelation 12? I'm just making the the sign is Simeon. The picture. Here's the sign, the symbol. Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, as it says in Zechariah chapter 12, verse 12. And they shall see, as Dad said, the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. I wanted to read Matthew 24, those few verses, to get you in the mindset of looking at what the Lord says in Matthew 24. Look at what Daniel says in Daniel 12. Look at what Revelation says here in Revelation 12. And it's from that that you can begin to piece these things together as to what the what the Lord's plan is for what's coming down the road. Let's read verse 9, Revelation 12 again. And the great dragon was cast out. The old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. Well, now we know who he is. He was cast out or cast down. If you look at the companion Bible notes, cast out there is cast down. Well, if you go down from outer space toward the earth, where does that put you? Put puts you on the earth. The great dragon, who we already know from the previous verses, is described here and named. It said that great red dragon... The great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, stands and accuses us daily. God, why do you fool with them? Just let me wipe them out. You don't need them. They're not worth saving. The accuser. He was cast down into the earth. You see that? Pretty important. At least it is to me. He was cast down into. That's ice. The preposition ice. And cast out as ballo. In the Greek. And it says, And his angels, the agalos were cast down along with him. They were cast down too. And I'm almost out of time. Let's try to get 10 in here. We'll get, we'll get two or three verses in today anyway. Verse 10 says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now, now, now. When all these things take place, John hears a voice in heaven. Remember, John's our man on the ground, the reporter in the heavens. Telling us what's gonna come. I mean, it's hard to beat that. And it's not fake news. This is a real deal. Here, this is real stuff. I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come soteria. Now is come soteria. Rescue. Safety. Help. Now you get rescue. Now you get safety. Now you get help. Now is come salvation, scripture says, and strength and the kingdom of our God. Kingdom is going to be ushered in and the power of his Christ, his Christ, God the Father's Christ, the power of him who God raised from the dead down through time and space and set him on his right hand in the heavenly places. Now is come all these things in the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is thrown down. He's cast down. Now that's not so great for the earth. Which is the reason we need the salvation. The reason God includes the salvation in there. For the accuser of our brethren, it says in verse 10, is cast down, which accused them, the brethren, before our God day and night. He stands there day and night, probably at the edge of the ice somewhere, and says, God, why do you bother? But God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son and God does bother. And He will never leave you or forsake you. Amen. And He has an us. I know that. Never left me and never forsake me. And that's where the power is, y'all. The power is in your faith. Always remember that. When it feels like you can't stand, you got to stand strong. When the going gets tough, you got to get tougher. When you want to give up, hug the one you love. And hang with them. And just keep moving forward. Because that's what God would have us do, I do believe.